And we're recording. We're back for yet another podcast, a special edition podcast this year. This is our annual fantasy football podcast. And we have our fantasy correspondent on the pod today. We'll introduce him in a second. I'll introduce myself and my co-host first. I'm Sam Finlay, also known as Sizzle. Sitting across from me on Zoom in Young is... You know who it is, guys. It's your boy. It's Quinny. Here we go. Also known as Simon. Here we are. Fantasy time. We love a bit of fantasy talk. We had to get this guy back. He loves himself some fantasy. So I'm pretty keen to see what he's got for us today. Yeah, look, let's let's introduce him. It is none other than Taylor Goodall, our fantasy football correspondent. Tay, how are you? Fantasy football correspondent. I've been called a lot worse. So I'm pretty happy with that introduction. Um, I'm pretty keen to get into it, boys. Uh, we've, we've done a couple of decent podcasts last year, and I absolutely love the league uh, last year that we were in. So, yeah, can't wait to see what you got in front of me because I've got no idea what the show doc's going to be, so I can't wait. We like to keep you guessing. I like to keep yeah. Quinny guessing and even myself guessing for these podcasts, so you sort of never know where it's going to go. It's raw. Um, me? Yeah, we may we may even start talking about Luka Doncic or the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, mate, uh, <laughs> yeah, have you got a five-hour window ready in, uh, was, in your Zoom? Or I was going to say, I was going to say, hopefully not, because then uh, <laughs> you know my my internet and uh, computer's bandwidth might be um, you know completely um, fantasy football expert limits. Luka Doncic expert. That's basically that's my title on my <laughs> business card. Well, look, let's let's get straight into it because you know, like like we said there, this pod could go for a while if we get on to talking about Luca. Uh, as we did last year, we got Tay on to talk fantasy football, and we're going to do that again in this episode. We'll probably bring Tay on, you know, mid-season and then maybe towards the end of the season as well for a bit of a wrap up. But you know, we'll, we'll start with our league, and then we'll then we'll just talk fantasy football in general. So. Let's do that. Let's talk a little bit about our league because we're all in the, we're all in the same league. Uh, this year, doing things a little bit differently. We've gone with a two-quarterback, super flex uh, league style. First time I've done it. And uh, I mean, Tay, you're in about 18 fantasy leagues and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But, you know, Quinny, this is the first time you're, you're, you've done a, a two-quarterback league? Yeah, definitely the first time. And I was very excited when we thought, you know, we'd mix it up a bit. So obviously had a pretty standard league the last couple of years. So it's nice to see we introduced that super flex. And I was a bit rattled because I wasn't sure. I was one of you off the air. Are we going quarterbacks early? Are we waiting a bit? Are we still going running back, running back? Because that's normally my go-to. I love the old running back, running back, followed by, you know, the QB or the receiver. But I think this year was, it just completely threw me. So I had to kind of change it up completely. But I'm really excited. I think I picked up two handy quarterbacks and I'm sure Tay will be able to tell me a bit about them when I bring them up a little bit later when we look at over our teams. But overall, man, definitely excited for the Superflex. Yeah, and Tay, like as I mentioned there, you're on about 18 fantasy leagues and I want to talk to you about that and how you should go managing that in a moment. But is this the first time you've done a Superflex or have you done done one before? I think it's 18,000 leagues, mate. I think you've, <laughs> you've undercut it. Uh, but I've done ones before... Uh, I was in the Astro Champions League last year and we did a couple of uh, QBs and that, but it was only, Jesus Christ, apparently Sons of Anarchy are behind me. Just what's going on there? Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Sorry, Jack Stella. Um, I did a two-quarterback league, but it was only six of us. Like, it was a, it's a very sort of small league. So that was pretty much the only look I had in a QB. I, we, I started a dynasty league. Uh, with a few mates this this year as well, which was two quarterback, two tight end. Wow. So that was that was also a look into where you go there. And to be honest, both times I decided to sort of wait on quarterback because everyone, like in this league, it went so heavy on quarterback early that I think they missed out on some of the value and some of the guys and running back and maybe a little bit of wide receiver as well and tight end as well. Um I'm just not sure that, you know, you had to go so early just because of it. Um, I've spoke to you guys that I'm not sure that Mahomes is actually the best option in our league because it's only four-point passing touchdown. Um, but I, I'm actually really happy with the team I got because I found basically Dak Prescott and I think the third, uh, Tom Brady in about the fifth, and I'm happy with both of those guys this year. So I was really happy with how it turned out. Um it also depends on your draft spot. I can't tell you that if I was second or first that I wouldn't have gone, you know, a Josh Allen, a, a Kyler, um, 
but at the same time, I'm still happier to go with, you know, some of those high-end running backs like a Christian McCaffrey or Delvin Cook, who I ended up in the fifth pick. So I was absolutely stoked. Yeah, well, let's stay on that for, for a moment. I mean, the number one pick for our draft was Josh Allen. You know, wasn't CMC, wasn't Mahomes, and or Kamara. Come on, yeah, or, or Kamara. There, uh, you ended up with him. I'm sure we'll get onto that. Oh, game. that's and, all I wanted in this and draft. Love for uh, Kamara there, but yeah, it was interesting to see in our league that, as you mentioned, Tay, most people, you know, being a superflex league with two quarterbacks, ten teams. Uh, went heavy on the quarterbacks in that first round there. Now, I had the third pick. You guys had later picks than, than myself. If you had the number one pick, I'll, I'll ask you both, who would you have gone in this league? Would you have gone CMC or would you have gone, you know, you know, quarterback, you know, maybe Mahomes or maybe Josh Allen? I'm assuming Tay isn't going to go Mahomes, but what would you guys have done? CMC. Quinny? Yeah, CMC or Alvin Kamara which is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just say from my side, seems he's basically two positions in one. Like he's a, he's one of the best. He's a, he's a top 10 wide receiver as well as the top running back in the league. It, it makes no sense to me not to take him. The problem is everyone sees two quarterbacks and goes, oh, I've got to get one early because they're all going to go. But you, d- you don't realize that you've got to play two running backs. You've got to play two wide receivers. You've got to play a flex too. And the difference between those guys dropping off quickly and quarterbacks, it's not even the same, you know, wavelength. Like you can get, like I said, a Dak or a Tom Brady or a Justin Herbert. You can get those guys like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth down the line when the runs already happen that you're absolutely stoked with. Are you stoked with you know, a fifth round running back is your running back too? Oh, no, you are. And that's why I thought that going running back early actually made a lot of sense because you end up with three guys straight away. You can play two of them and a flex and then still get some pretty decent quarterbacks. The difference between quarterback one and quarterback, you know, seven or eight really isn't that much difference. You know, guys in the middle of the, the, that tier in the quarterback range are still pretty decent players. And they're going to put up better weeks than even a quarterback one. Mahomes is going to have an off day. Jo- you know, Josh Allen's is Josh Allen's going to have an off day. You're going to get some guys in the middle that are pretty close to those guys. Whereas I don't see the same in running back. Like if you're taking a running back in the fifth, it is nowhere near the caliber of a running back in the first or the second. So I saw a huge difference between taking a running back early than a quarterback later, and then vice versa. Yeah, because I mean, you've you've probably got what five elite court, uh, running backs this year. You know, when we're talking elite, maybe six. I think that, I think it's four. I I'm rattled about Zeke. I, mm. I, I don't. I had to. Ta- I felt the need, and you'll hear on the Astropod. Um, I took him at five, but it was only because. He is a consensus value of being the fifth guy. So I, I had this idea that Zeke would probably be the first guy I traded because I was like, I'm happy to trade back from Zeke and then maybe move forward and run it and uh, wide receiver. But funnily enough, I did four trades in 16 hours and he was the only <laughs> guy I didn't trade. So I don't know how that worked out. But I, I'm not 100% sure on Zeke. I, I think everyone's just assuming there's an upside there because of Dak coming back. Everyone forgets how good Pollard looked last year. Mm. Um, I have my slight concerns over him. I would say there's a four. Uh, I, I think it's definitely CMC, Delvin, uh, uh, Kamara, and then Derrick Henry. I, I don't care if you're in a PPR. Derrick Henry is just a fucking weapon. I, I yeah. don't care. Well, like, the workload he gets. He gets that many carries, yeah. It's going to be slightly less, and everyone says that, but it definitely will because Tannehill's going to feel the need to throw to Julio and AJ mm. and AJ Brown, and I think those guys are worrying to me in fantasy themselves because they take from each other, um, and I think they, in a way, they take a little bit from Derrick Henry, but he's still going to be a weapon. They're still going to use him. You know, they're going to be ahead a lot in their division. They've got Jacksonville and Houston in their division. So they're going to be ahead of those wankers a lot. They are fucking garbage. So you can't tell me they're not going to be up 34 nil and stuff like that and just running Derrick Henry in the second half a lot as well. So 
oh, I can't see how that's not the top four. I think there's a tear break there. But you needed to go pretty high on running back in this league, I believe, because there were still guys at quarterback. Everyone sees quarterback, two quarterbacks and goes, oh, I've got to go early. But there's also the ability to take a couple of guys in the middle. Like, you can't tell me you can't just go like sixth, seventh round and go two guys that are going to probably score 20 points instead of 25. Like that, that's not that much difference. But you're taking Delvin Cook instead of, what, Mike Davis or – you know, fucking Josh Jacobs or something. Like, yep. he could score 15, 20 more than him on a week. So, I don't know. I, I just felt like there was the ability to go pretty high running back in this league, and I'm pretty happy with how the, my team turned out. Mm. And just staying on running backs there, you know, talking about these these tiers, I guess, and the elite, elite running backs, what do we all think about Saquon Barkley this year? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk that he's not going to play the first couple of years, obviously coming back from a major injury. We know he's obviously the, a beast. The talent is there. How would you feel? I mean, neither of us, no one in this, this podcast right now has uh, Barkley. I think you had him last year, didn't you, Trey? Or traded for him. I think that was one of the, uh, the big oh. trades of the, of, the, of the year that I won't bring up because, you know, if you want to listen to that, go back to our podcast that we did with Trey, <laughs> end of season podcast because, Tay um, transformed his team into what looked on paper to be like an unstoppable force, but then had two players that went on to miss basically the whole season. But look, we won't get into that. It's a soft, um, it's a soft topic for Big Tay. We don't want to bring it up. Yeah, here. yeah. We won't, we won't get into it without mentioning it a hundred times. <laughs> we might uh, actually get you to retell that at the end of the podcast. Um, what, do, what do we think about Barkley this year? Because he's obviously, you know, one of those players, as I mentioned, lots of talent, but Coming off an injury like that, it's it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Um, I'll I'll speak for I'll speak there. Um, I don't like him early, so it depends on draft. So, so does that mean after two weeks you're going to be trying to trade for him? <laughs> Probably, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like it, I wouldn't want to have him straight away. I wouldn't draft him. I'm in you know eighteen thousand leagues as we spoke about, mm. um, but I didn't draft him anywhere because. I never really was in the right spot anyway. And I like him around 10 to 12. And when I'm in that spot in the league, I tend to go running, uh, sorry, wide receiver or Kelsey anyway. I actually see a bigger value there. So I didn't really end up with him anywhere because I have this real thing about people coming off an ACL in their first year back. I, I would rather target people coming off an ACL two years ago. I know that sounds obvious, but it seems to take them a year to really get back to their proper prowess that they were before. So I'm the same on like Cortland Sutton. I would rather have Jerry Judy by a mile. I know we're talking mm. about Saquon here, but I just thought I'd go down a hundred rabbit holes. Um, I, I see Judy as the best receiver by a mile on Denver because I don't like the Cortland Sutton's coming off the same injury. Uh, Saquon also seemed to hold off his surgery which meant he actually is closer to only coming back for like properly now. Instead of he'd have his surgery as soon as he tore his ACL, he'd be way better prepped for like camp and everything. Mm. Uh, so I'm not high on him right now. I would rather him the second half of the year, if he stayed healthy till that point, um, I'd rather go a high-end wide receiver or a Kelsey in that spot. So yeah, I'm not really on Saquon this year. Yeah, Quinny, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going to mention that as well. I agree with Tay in regards to the, the ACL injury definitely wasn't in favor of him for me. And I wasn't always super high on him anyway coming into this draft. And just based on our draft, I had I was the ninth pick. And on the board, I had a Saquon Barkley on Alvin Kamara. Like, hands down, I'm not going to Saquon Barkley. If I know Alvin Kamara is there, who's been consistent the last three or four years. Finishing high, running back, receiver, do what you want. Mm. I'd rather have a Kamara in my team than a Saquon Barkley. Based Can on I just the- say that that yeah, is the team. easiest pick you could ever make? I know, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm just you saying. You don't need to come on yeah. a podcast and explain yourself. Kamara over a Saquon is the yeah. easiest pick. Well, yeah. that, that, that's, that's it. But that's what, what I mean. And then the guy drafted, the guy after me drafted him. He got Barkley pick 10. So he got him literally the pick after me. So yeah. I was like, I'd rather have a Kamara hands down, like you said, Tay. So. And I'm just not sold on the Giants either. I don't know what their offensive line's going to be like. I feel like Daniel Jones is going to be running around trying not to get tackled and killed by the defense, like the defensive line. So I just, I wasn't sold. And I think, you know, coming off an ACL, 
I reckon maybe later in the year, he might have some value. You might be able to get a sneaky trade in for him if you really wanted him. But based on where I was in the draft, I had wasn't thinking about Barkley at all. He didn't come to mind at all in any of my picks. Yeah. I've got another answer. The O-line's going to be filth. It's going to be absolute like in toilet water. There you go. <laughs> so that also means it's going to be a lot harder for him to actually come back yeah. and dominate like he did a couple of years ago when he first, you know, entered the scene. Yeah, look, I mean, it's someone who I, I didn't want to go anywhere near with with a pick. And, you know, I was th- thankfully in a good spot in that number three pick where I didn't even have to think about it. But, um, yeah, I think I would agree with um, both of you guys on that. And look, look I want to let's stay with, with our league and our teams for a little bit longer before we go into a bit more of a um, fantasy football outlook in, in general. And I want to throw a few players that both of you guys have and let's let's just talk yes. about them for a moment. There's some, some questions I have for, for a couple of players one on my team, one on your team, Quinny, and a player on your team, Tay. So I think I know the player on my team straight away, but <laughs> I'm going to wait to see what you say. Well, I'll save that one to last. I'll, I'll go go with Quinny first. I reckon I might know too, but we'll see. This is this is someone. These are players who I have question questions about, and you know maybe we can un- unpack it here. So I won't I won't name every player in our team because that's going to be you know a little bit a little bit long and boring for the listeners to listen to but these are just some players i've got, I've got question marks about now quinny a player that i've got a question mark about on your team and i wonder what you guys think is a player who i've been super high on the last two years i had him two two seasons ago and last year i think i picked him on this podcast as uh my player to have have the breakout year and it didn't really have a breakout year um you know he had an okay year um not nearly as good as his, his rookie year but that's josh jacobs now obviously oh. kenyon drake is in the fold at uh las vegas for the for the raiders so it's, it's looking like it's going to be a bit more of a, a committee and i know quinny you love Drafting uh, running backs that are in a committee. <laughs> yeah, that's my um, go-to. What do you mean? That's what I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, you know, you can kick us off, Quinny. What's your thoughts on Josh Jacobs here and his outlook for the for the fantasy season? Because I've got experience. <laughs> to be honest, like I wasn't super high on him at all, but I ended up getting him as my fifty in the like drafted fifty second overall because at the time my pick was there. I needed another running back, and when I looked around. There wasn't many running backs out there that I was super fussed about and thought it would be a better option. And I understand the Kenyon Drake thing's a massive stitch up. And I know Tay's probably got to give it to me for getting him. But literally, he was I just picked him because he was the best thing there that I could see. And based on previous seasons, he's been pretty decent. As long as he gets some red zone carries, I don't really mind. But again, I was kind of glad that I ended up getting the sneaky Gus Edwards pick up and then oh. Sony Mich- and Sony Michelle in case. Jacobs doesn't turn out, but I got both of those players literally as waiver wire pickups. So it's very, it's very risky. I know it's very risky, but I'm hoping I get a bit of reward out of this. And he still does some sort of, you know, running for me to get me some red zone carries. I know he's probably not the better receiver like a Kenyon Drake, but I think Jacobs is a better runner. So, and again, I guess what's John Gruden got to do? Who the hell knows? They are the Raiders. I don't know what we're going to get. So we'll see. I'm hoping he does something for me, but I'm not super high on him, but he's just there in my team because I needed somebody at that pick. And that was pretty much the best I could see at running back at that point in time. Can I take the mic here, Sizzle? You can take it. I'm putting the whole whole league on blast here. (laughs) The fact that none of us, we all had the news about J.K. Dobbins. Me, me personally, I knew it. I, I did a draft earlier that day and Gus went way higher than he probably should have just because we saw that news about the fact that um, JK went down with the knee injury. How did none of us take Gus Edwards? We're all idiots. Like we, <laughs> should, we They should just delete our league. It's fucking a joke. Like we are so stupid. And me personally, I, I was high on Gus even before JK went down. I thought that his value was ridiculous. I didn't understand how he was going like completely almost undrafted, even though he has a complete place in that team. I actually thought he was going to take over from JK. I think he's got huge potential. And the fact that he's the one now is insane. So honestly, I have no issue if you take King Jacobs because you can pump that piece of shit to the fucking bench because you've got Gus Edwards anyway. So just play him. I'm telling you right now, if I had the choice between playing Jacobs and um, 
Gus Edwards in week one, I'd be playing Edwards. There's no way. Mm. Especially because um, they're actually playing each other, funnily enough, in week one. So you've got Edwards playing against that absolute assholeio fucking line of, of the Raiders. Black hole, man. And, yeah, the piece of <laughs> shit. You know, there's going to be a bunch of people in the crowd fucking on Bucks parties just going nuts pouring beer on people, like old mate fucking doing it to Thornton at the Wollongong game, um, just fucking destroying them. Um, I would rather play Gus, you know, behind that Ravens offensive line against the Raiders than I would the opposite Jacobs against the Ravens. So I'm all, I'm fine with you taking Jacobs because you got Gus Edwards. Yeah, well, let's stay on Gus Edwards for a second. He's there currently because... my starting running back, and I've got uh, Jacobs as my flex. Uh, well, I think you just changed that right then because I'll take a look at the teams. <laughs> yeah. um, what was the uh, word? Pop that piece of shit out of your team. Yeah. I was going to say you've just changed that. <laughs> um, look, <laughs> hey, either way, it works. They're both from the starting lineup. Doesn't matter what order. <laughs> Love it, Critty. The sneaky, uh, the sneaky lineup change there. Uh, look. Let, let's stay on Gus Edwards for, for a second there because, I mean, obviously we're all idiots for not picking him up there. But yep. does it worry us a little bit that, A, his quarterback is someone who is basically a running back in Lamar Jackson? And then, B, and this is probably a little bit less of a worry, but there's there's talk that Le'Veon Bell is working out with them um, and could potentially sign there. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell, if he does sign there, he's probably not going to get the reps because, you know, we saw him in Kansas City last year and he didn't really get those reps there. But are those two factors maybe something that could deter you from potentially, um, you know, playing Gus Edwards week in, week out? If Lev Bell goes there, I'd be fucking stoked having Gus Edwards because he's an absolute sack of shit. He he he, he had the best possible position at Kansas City last year, and he mm. did nothing with it. They 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 didn't trust him at all. Like they had a rookie in front of him in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was clearly showing you know signs of fatigue. You know he went down with injury for a couple of weeks, and they still didn't trust Lev Bell. They were just basically like Patty Mahomes, just fucking sling the shit out of that, my man. Like, why would you even bother? Like, if if I'm sitting there with Gus Edwards as the one and he's been dominating in second half, so like, every time he gets the ball, he had, like, a 5.5 yards per carry or something last year. Like, every time he got the ball, he just dominated with it. I wouldn't care less if a piece of old shit like Lev Bell fucking turned up as my backup. And and they've already got guys like Justice Hill. Um, is it Tyson Williams or something? People are trying to pick up off waivers. Um I wouldn't worry about any of those guys. And and to your point about, um, uh, you know, old mate just fucking taking all the, the rushing. Lamar. Um, somehow I forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar, apparently that guy's name is. Um, if you look at last year, there was still something like 12 rushing um, touchdowns for running backs. Um, and even the year before when he had the absolute absurd year when he just dominated on the ground, there was about the same. So there was so many touchdowns still there to be had because eventually teams work out what Baltimore is going to do on the goal line. And if they take Lamar, they're going to work out that they can just rush whoever the fucking guy is at running back one that's just behind the line there. So I understand that having a guy at quarterback taking a lot of those rushing attempts on the goal line definitely caps your upside. If Edwards is out there getting anywhere near 100 yards, and you can't tell me there isn't a decent chance he doesn't get one of those goal line attempts on the goal line. Look, like you're looking at 17, 18 points off the get-go, and that's if he doesn't get involved in the, the passing game. So I, I don't see it as an issue because the Ravens are so predicated to run. They, they run everything. Well, I've seen games where J.K. Dobbins had 90 yards, Edwards had 80, and Lamar had 110. Like they almost like 90% of the yards come from the running game. So I've got no issue taking Edwards, even if he doesn't get the goal line work with Lamar there. If he has a hundred and something yards, that's a good enough play. Yeah, you'll take that. Two yeah. by more. So yeah. I've got no issue with Lamar being there at all. Would I, would I be happy if it wasn't? And it was some stagnant, you know, guy like Tom Brady or Matt Stafford or something. Yeah, that'd be great. But, you know, the fact that these guys run the ball down everyone, everyone's throat, um, I've got no issue taking Gus, even with Lamar there. Yeah, I mean, and you're probably not going to be too high on a Ravens wide receiver, are you? No. 
No, they're all shit ass. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to a player who I've got in my team. And look, I was tossing up for a number of plays here, but I had to let's, had let's to throw the let's just destroy him for taking this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I had to throw it. him out there because <laughs> I know he's your love child. Well, one of you, you've got many love childs, Tay, and that's Ryan Tannehill. I picked him as my second quarterback, obviously. Um, you know, this is someone who he's got, you know, we spoke about it earlier on the podcast. We've got, he's got the weapons now. He's got Julio, um, you know, he's got a good running back. Uh, and this could be, you know, maybe we'll also talk about that a little bit here about um, the Titans just sort of outlook for, for the year. Um, because Tay, as you know, the listeners should know by now, you're a, you're a mad Titans fan. Uh Look, what do we think about about Tannehill uh, going into this season here? Because I, I'm super high on him. Obviously, I drafted him. I was pretty lucky that he fell to me because I went early on my first quarterback. Obviously, I picked up Patrick Mahomes with the with the third overall pick, and then I held off a little bit for that quarterback there. Um, I'm obviously super high on him. I think you know he's got the weapons there, and you know if he stays healthy throughout, I think he should be. Um, you know, I think he'll overachieve in terms of his ADP. Uh, what do you guys think? I might, I might throw it to you first, Quinny. And feel uh, Tanner, free to just yeah. bash my team. You know, feel free. No, I, no, I reckon Tanner, Tanner Thrill, as we they like to call him. I think he's a great, I think he's a yeah, good boy. quarterback. I had him a couple of years ago as well. I think I picked him up as well. He was always, when I put him into my starting lineup, if I had a bye week or something, he always was solid. And I love his upside. Obviously, now that he's got, I'm hoping he absolutely just throws the shit out of it, even though they probably won't. Because I got Julio Jones, obviously, on my team. So I'm kind of hoping Tanner Thrill might, you know, get some touchdowns out of Julio for me just so you get me on the line there. But I think overall, I think he's a good pickup. Solid second, super flex. I reckon that's a solid. And you said yourself, you didn't draft him super high either. So you you picked him up in like 83rd. That's pretty good for for your second quarterback. And he's actually a decent quarterback. So I'm not going to shit on him. I think he's good. Tay, you can take over if you like, but I know you love Tennessee. So... I guess we'll see what you have to say about him. So I'm, you know, Matty C who runs our Astro League podcast um, will attest to this. I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to Titans in fantasy football. Like I've, I've often not ended up with Derrick Henry because I thought he's slightly too high. Um, I wouldn't touch AJ Brown or uh, Julio this year. I don't have him in any league because I think they take from each other. Um, but I think Ryan Tannehill is the absolute benefactor of everything they have done in the, in the um, off-season. The fact that he has both of those guys, he can go to anyone, and they're not just going to run the ball every single time. You can't get Julio and just decide, all right, we're just going to go status quo, and we're going to run Henry constantly, and we're just going to – like, can you imagine? Like, Julio had great situations at Atlanta, can you imagine how open that bloke's going to be when they go play action with Derrick Henry? Like yeah. when, when everyone mm. thinks Derrick Henry's going to get the ball and they just don't give it to him, like they're going to have AJ Brown and Julio in the middle of the field somewhere. Like, can you tell me that the defense is going to be able to defend both of those guys? And you can't tell me they aren't going to go for 15, 20 yards when they catch the ball, too. They're both absolute weapons. They've got two of the biggest wide receivers you've ever seen. Um, and the biggest running back, he just fends guys into a That's fucking good, yeah, universe. Big dogs. You know, he just sends them fucking see you later, mate. Um, Ryan Tannehill is going to be the benefactor of all of it. He's actually the guy I like the most out of the Titans unit. Um, I've ended up with Henry in a league, but that's purely because I traded and felt like I got better deals and stuff like to get him. But in terms of, I would draft him at four, but I wouldn't draft him any higher than that. But... Ryan Tannehill's a steal late. I, I just think that even in a league like this with the four-point uh, passing touchdown, he also rushes for touchdowns occasionally too. So you're going to get the occasional six-point touchdown as well. Mm. And if there's some games we may fall behind, I don't see it happening heaps. But if we do, he's just going to find Julio and AJ all day. And I, I think it's a great pickup in a two-quarterback league late. So I, I can't have a go at you. I know you probably did it purely so I would throw you a trade, uh, but I'm happy with the guys I've got. But for you personally, I think it was great. I'll, I would keep him and then let his value grow because I think he's going to way beat his ADP. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. I, I, yeah, I Julio, I hope come so. on. Give me some touchdowns. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, let's let's shift to, to your team, Tay. And there's so many players I've got questions oh, about in your team. Oh, it's just a perfect team, mate. How can you pick holes in it? So many players I've got questions about. Um, <laughs> one of which is, and this is a player that most play. Can I can I can I make a guess who you're going to bring up? Yes, go for DJ Moore. <laughs> you guessed it. You guessed it. Let's uh... yes. And I've got so many points to bring up, and I'll because I've talked about it in the off season so many times. So all right, I'm so all right. prepared. Perfect. Perfect. Well, look to set the scene. I had DJ Moore last year in my team, and I drafted him. You know, pretty high. Like I, I can't remember whereabouts I got him, but it was he was my first wide receiver I drafted, um, and he really let me down last year. And maybe it wasn't his fault. I mean, he did have Teddy Two Gloves behind center. Um, you know, pitching. I don't know if you could call them uh, passes or not, because some of those um, <laughs> those passes he threw were not so on target. But look, he let me down last year. You're super high on him. I know you are, Tay. So I'm going to pass it to you and you can sell me on DJ Moore because I'm not convinced. So I've got the floor now. you got the floor. Everything that you say is negative is my positive. And that I'm a, I know I'm a salesman, so that's sort of <laughs> how it works. But this is perfect for DJ Moore. Everything you see as bad from last year is my positive. Where do you think DJ Moore is being drafted right now? What was that, sorry? Uh, sorry, wide receiver 18, 19, 20, around, around that range, you reckon? Yeah, about there. Let's, I can bring bring that up, actually. Let's see. It'd be late. He'd be top 20 or so end of, let, yeah. Let's say he's top 20. Where do you think he ended up last year? With all, all of what you just said, the issues he had, no touchdowns, Teddy Two Gloves couldn't get to him. Where do you think he finished? Or oh, maybe wide receiver... I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he, he he did better than, than I actually thought in the moment, but I'm going to say wide receiver 24. Wide receiver 17. So if you get everything that you just said out of him this year, he still beats the ADP that you just took him at. He's at wide receiver 20. He finished at wide receiver 17 last year. He got four touchdowns. Four. That is fucking deplorable. There is no way. I'm personally a Sam Darnold trooper. So I'm always going to be higher. I think he's actually going to be way better for Teddy Two fucking piece of shit last year. So I, and this is actually a Teddy Two Gloves take. I actually think he's going to help Jerry Judy at Denver. But I think Darnold, he doesn't have an Adam Gase problem anymore. So my first point is Darnold. I think he's going to just hyper target DJ Moore. The guy is so athletically talented. He is one of the best-looking wide receivers that anyone has ever seen. He's come into the league, finished at a wide receiver 17, which seems like a downtick on what he should have got last year. Straight away, you should be seeing signs, sirens, that this guy should be better. This year, he doesn't have Curtis Samuel. So last year, Teddy Two Gloves had three top 27 wide receivers on his team. He got rid of one. So Samuel isn't there. It's just Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore now. They've got a they've got Terrence Marshall, who's a rookie. You can't tell me a rookie comes in, takes exactly what Curtis Samuel had last year. So there are so many vacated targets. And I'm hearing a voice of opinion. Oh, but Christian McCaffrey's coming back. So he's going to take some. <laughs> Mike Davis had 80. I can't remember the exact number. He had 80-something targets last year. Christian McCaffrey the year before had 100. So there's only 15 difference. And what, you think Terrence Marshall was going to get the same looks that Curtis Samuel got last year? No way. Curtis Samuel had nearly 100 targets last year. So a rookie is not going to get that. There are so many vacated targets for an impressive wide receiver specimen like DJ Moore with a guy who I think is a better quarterback, Sam Darnold. He doesn't have that piece of shit uh, Adam Gase holding him back anymore. That team is going to be so better in offense just by having Christian McCaffrey back. And you think of if he's healthy for more than two games this year, like he was last year, rest in peace, my fantasy team from last year, fuck's sake. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there. Can you not tell me that that team's not going to have way more goal line opportunities, way more touchdown opportunities that could go to DJ Moore? If he just has seven or eight, which is still way below league average for a guy like that for a wide receiver one, 
he is going to be wide receiver 11, 10 at worst. So I don't see how a guy going at wide receiver 20 that if he has just a normal touchdown rate this year and ends up with wide receiver 10 isn't great value. So that's my case. Yeah, I think you may have sold me on him today. I might be throwing yeah. you a trade for, um, sold me for too, DJ yeah. Moore and tr- try to um, Move have some a magnets, good... try and get him. Yeah. yeah, if you couldn't tell, I was pretty prepared for uh, <laughs> DJ Moore because uh, I think you'd mentioned in our um, message that you weren't happy with him last year. But <laughs> I, I see so many. Uh, I, I don't think I took him anywhere last year either. I, I don't know. There were just the fact that there was three of them in that wide receiving core just worried me. And if if McCaffrey was there last year too, I don't think DJ Moore would have actually finished 17, to be mm. fair. But I just don't understand how the fact that, you know, they lose their third best receiver who had very fantasy, and rele- fantasy relevant um, games. And I actually really like Curtis Samuel this year too, going to Washington, because I think Fitzpatrick yeah. is just going to hyper target it. All of his wide receivers. The dual, dual um, threat. I just don't used understand how DJ Moore doesn't go forward. Sorry, I mean he was a bit of a dual threat last year. He was used at running back as well. He was. He rushes well. in for touchdowns too. Like yeah. he he offers everything, and you know I do worry that him going to Washington might even throw something against Antonio Gibson, who I've sort of targeted in a couple of leagues too. But mm. you know I think he gets an up. Anything he loses in rushing, I think he gets an uptick in passing. Uh, I think they're going to eventually use him in the passing game this year way more than last year, Antonio Gibson, because he actually came out of college as a wide receiver. So there's mm. no way they don't see that and think this guy could be very utilized, almost like in a Christian McCaffrey role. I know JD McKissick's there, and that throws off a little bit of the third down work, but I think they're going to throw to him on first or second down a bit more. So I think there's only upside for a lot of those Washington guys. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Quinny, do you want to add anything? So that I mean, Tay just you know, there's not much more we can say. No, I I don't. I never really thought about him, and then Tay now I'm kind of wishing I did. It seems <laughs> like he's gonna be all right. So let's be honest. I probably had these takes last year, and they didn't work out. So not not everything I say is gospel. But well, well, Tay, I will gospel. I will remind you of one amazing take you had last year, and that did involve Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> really? No, I've got a better. I've got a better call for you. So I uh. I said this. I had a bit of a late uh, flyer take this year in Astro, uh, and it was similar to Deshaun Jackson. And I brought up Brashad Perryman at line, and he's been cut <laughs> uh-huh. already. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been cut. cut. So yeah. I can't even. I, if anything, I'm like, well, I can't be proven wrong because he's not there anymore. He's in the <laughs> Bears, so it's not the same. But it was funny that I brought him up in a podcast as a late flyer. To be fair, I wasn't as high on him as I was to Sean last year. Like I was saying, I'm starting to Sean everywhere. Whereas I'm like, Brashad Perryman's going to be on the waivers, like for pretty much any league. And he's actually, he was actually on the waivers even in 16 team league. So it wasn't the same, but it was funny that I brought up another late guy again. And this year, he didn't even make it to the first week. Uh, that's brilliant that's brilliant uh, well let, let's let's move on to i guess uh, and we'll sort of stay in that that area just fantasy uh football in general not so much focusing on our teams but uh, i want to see if we've each got a, a player who we think is going to have a breakout year we did this last year as well and maybe someone obviously you know we're not talking about the patrick mahomes or you know the alvin kamaras or the cmc's but maybe someone who's uh, a little bit underrated who we think is going to have a massive year. Uh, I'll kick it to you, Quinny, Quinny first. I mean, we sort of talked about this. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sort of, pod, yeah. But um, the, yeah. maybe let, let, let's uh, pick a different player if you um, right. if you could. Well, my original player that I was going to, that I mentioned earlier was Jerry Judy. I ended up picking him up quite late. And I think he has the potential to have a bit of a breakout year. As I did mention, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Kelvin Ridley a couple of years ago where he had like his first season, we had about 800 plus yards. Then the next year he kind of exploded for it and like went to new heights. So I'm kind of hoping he does that with a better quarterback now. And hopefully Jerry Judy, I reckon he's the number one receiver on that team. I know Kurtwood Sutton's coming back, but I don't believe he's going to be as good. So I think Jerry Judy has that potential. But you know, I won't mention him now because I've already sort of have. Um I'm trying not to be biased. I know I should have went to somebody else's team, but I've been sort of thinking about this guy recently. Corey Davis for me. Used to play for Tennessee. Obviously, was second fiddle to AJ Brown. 
did have a couple big games. He's now pretty much playing for the Jets, who have a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback. And I think Corey Davis is, has the potential to get a lot of looks. And I feel like he's got to get a lot of opportunities. And I know currently they have him sit as like a wide receiver three slash sort of flex sort of area. But I'm hoping that he can kind of have a bit of a breakout and get into that wide receiver two range for me towards the end of the season. So I'm going to say Corey Davis on the Jets. Mm. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, rookie quarterback, the number two overall pick, I believe, uh, throwing to him. So, I mean, that could go either way, but, you know, you could potentially have, have a stud wide receiver there if that uh, does go in your direction. Uh, Tay, who do you have? I love those two, Quinny. I actually reckon they're, they're both absolute flyers. And um, someone actually dropped Corey Davis just then, uh, before, like yesterday in our 16-team league, and I'm looking to put a waiver claim on him for sure because I reckon he's the perfect uh, wide receiver too in that league, let alone in any other league. So um, I'm actually going to give you a few fl- a couple of flyers. I'm going to give you a couple of quarterbacks uh, first, I'm going to go three if that's right. Um, yeah, please do. So one's one that's being drafted, one's being barely drafted, and is a bit of it's not even a starter um, at the start of the year, and one's a tight end. So I thought I'd go some areas that people don't normally look for value in. Um, first off is Tom Brady, and I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he's won a few titles. Who? Um, Who's Tom uh, Brady again? Who's that? Sorry, I'll spell it. Um, <laughs> G-O-A-T, I think is, is how you spell it. Um, so no one ever thinks of this guy in fantasy. I'm making – I'm, I'm going to make a bold comment on all these guys that I bring up. This is going to be his best fantasy finish ever in his, in his 700 years that he's been alive. Um, for some reason, he's Benjamin Button, and he just gets better with age. Yep, good point. This TV guy, 12 method. TV 12 method. But this guy has everyone healthy. He's he's got a full off season with all of them. Antonio Brown is his third best wide receiver, and he's also got guys like Scotty Miller, um, Rob Gronkowski. Um, you, you've even got um, Giovanni. Giovanni. Jesus Christ, can't even say <laughs> Giovanni Bernard. Bernard, yeah. I yep. think is going to be very fantasy relevant this year from, you know, on a third down level because he used to use James White a lot. He used to love guys like that. And he used to use a lot of the guys in the slot as well, like um, Julian Edelman um, in the Pats. I just think he's going to destroy – that offense is going to be unstoppable. And how are you ever going to – if you're Bruce Arians, the coach, how are you ever going to pull back Tom Brady and say, oh, let's just try and game manage this way to a second half win? No, fuck that. Tom Brady, you know, plant man, fucking eating vegetarian shit. He's going to fucking dominate this year. They're going to win some games 52 0. I'm telling you right now, their defense is insane, but they're not going to care. They're going to just destroy teams. They, oh, I'm sorry, Quinny. I don't think the Saints are anywhere near where they used to be. And that would used to always be the team that sort of was the thorn in their side. And they're just going to roll through that division. They're going to roll through everyone. They're probably going to end up like 14 and three or something. They'll have a couple of hiccups, but they're, they're just going to dominate. And Tom Brady is just going to be a catalyst to all of it. But I still don't really like Fournette or Ronald Jones. So it's not like they're going to like lean on the running game. So it's all going to be Tom Brady. He's going to be hitting Godwin. He's going to be hitting Mike Evans. He's going to be hitting Antonio Brown. He's going to be hitting Gronk. He's going to be hitting Scotty Miller. He's going to be hitting everyone. Well, that team is so loaded. But that guy, he's going, what, quarterback nine, quarterback 10? Um, I got him as my second quarterback. This really isn't about me personally. I've got him in two out of eight leagues. So it's like I've got him everywhere. It was just more a take in general that I think he's going to completely destroy his ADP. I think he's going to absolutely dominate this year. Um, I'll move on to a later quarterback. Um, if you're a person who took a late quarterback in a one quarterback league, or even just you know got a couple of quarterbacks in a two quarterback league, you got to take Trey Lance. Um, Trey Lance, I've already got a quarterback going with someone else that once he steps on the field as a starter, he's going to be a top eight quarterback. Top eight. He's going to be insane. He has a rushing baseline that is almost unlike any other since Lamar Jackson. He has an arm that everyone is comparing to Justin Herbert. They have worries in the preseason like, oh, he's a little bit efficient. 
Who do they think was inefficient last year? Justin Herbert. They He has an arm that can hit a guy 80 yards down the field. And he also has a rushing baseline. You can't tell me that guy doesn't walk into a San Francisco team and just absolutely dominate. I think he's a top eight quarterback as soon as he steps on the field. I actually have him in Astro, even though I have Kyler. So I see him as either a guy that's a perfect backup to Kyler or a trade bait or a keep away from the rest of the league because I don't want anyone having Trey Lance against me at the end of the year because he is going to be a fucking weapon. Bang. All right. I've got my tight end call. It's Tyler Higby. Yeah. I think Tyler Higby is being drafted far too late in the tight end spectrum. So this is the way I see tight end this year. you got your top three. The top three are way better than everyone else. I'm not trying to say Tyler Higby's better than those guys. You've got Kelsey in his own tier. Then you've got Waller. And then you've got Kittle. Those guys are so much better than everyone unless there's an injury, like there was to Kittle last year. But I think there's a clear next tier of guys that are going to be better than the rest. So I don't think it's like get the top three or no one else. I think Kyle Pitts. I think Mark Andrews. I think uh, uh, Hawkinson. And I think um, Higby jumps in there. But the fact is, Higby is being drafted way later than any of those guys. So if you're looking for value on a tight end, I, I can't steer you away from Higby. I, I've ended up with him in a couple of leagues. I ended up with him, one of him today. I, he's going in ninth round, tenth yeah. round in some leagues. Matthew Stafford has just turned up to the Rams. They also don't have a dominant running back. So you can't tell me they're going to lean on the running back position. So they're going to be passing a lot. I love Robert Woods. I love Cooper Cup, who I also have in my team now because of the trade. Hallelujah. Um, and Tyler Higby, they're all going to be absolutely dominant in fantasy football this year because Matthew Stafford is going to fucking sling the shit out of it. It's going to be like James pre-fucking LASIK. <laughs> he's going to absolutely just peg the shit out of it. Right. I know he's got... I know he's got a good defense. That's the only difference. They like the Rams are going to keep teams to almost nothing because they've got Dar- they've got Dar- Donald. They've got fucking Ramsey. They've got a lot of guys that are going to keep the other team to nothing. But you can't tell me that team isn't going to throw for a lot of yards. They don't have the running back core. If Cam Akers was there, I'd be a little bit less bullish mm. on some of these wide receivers and tight end. But Tyler Higby, where he is going, is an absolute steal of the draft. He is one of the guys I am. If I had to say any of these guys, he's the guy that I am just th- like. If I had to pick a my guy, a guy of the year, it's Tyler Higby. I know he's not in my team in this league, but he's the guy that I am so determined that he is going to destroy his ADP. I just don't see him going anywhere near the ninth, tenth, or whatever he's being picked at. So he is a guy that I think is going to just destroy fantasy rosters this year. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, I I, a good pick. I drafted my tight end reasonably late in our draft. Ended up with Herb Smith Jr., who is going to miss the season. Uh, unfortunately, I was I was pretty happy to pick him up in the draft. Uh, so I've obviously had to drop him, and I managed to pick up uh, Mike Kosecki, Quinny's um, Quinny's boy, Mike Kosecki there. But I I almost you know went for Higby over Gusecki there and you know maybe I mean because he's still he'd be still a free agent in our in our league so you know maybe um oh hang on all right is he still or <laughs> well, I I don't... someone picked him up no it's, I don't... it's it's hard for if you go the top three it's hard to justify us but we got what four people on our bench well yeah. I I found it hard because I also took fields so it's hard to lock up your bench with a backup quarterback and a backup tight end, especially because yeah. I went Kittle. So, like, it's 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 pretty hard to lock up two of those spots. Like, I, I can understand if you went high in on one of them, you could take one sort of backup for that position. But it was just always – once I took Kittle, I just didn't even look at tight end for the rest yeah. of the thing. And, and, and I'll throw this out there about what I brought up about Gus Edwards. That's what sort of screwed me was – I went running back so early. I went, I think it was three of my first four picks for running back. And it made me think I'm done at running back. And that's what screwed me with the whole Gus Edwards thing. Because mm. if I'd actually been like looking for late round guys, I would have taken Gus Edwards in a heartbeat. But, you know, good good work, Quinny. You got him. 
you know, you're the higher sort of wave variety. I'm I'm happy with Jamal Williams too. I actually think he could have a massive potential to be there because I'm not sure what's going on with DeAndre Swift. He looked great to me last year. Like if you had asked me a month ago, I was all over DeAndre Swift. Like I was trying to get him from you a hundred times, Sizzle, like in fucking and uh, trades, you know, similar to fucking Delvin Cook. Who wasn't I trying to get out of your team? <laughs> um, but he looks so good. And I think he's the best running back on that team. I'm just not sure what's going on with him. He's, it, it seems weird that they just aren't coming out and, you know, saying that there's nothing wrong with him. But they're, they're kind of saying he's got a groin injury. They're not sure if he's ready for week one. And even if he's ready for week one, they're not sure what that means. And I would be rostering Jamal Williams anywhere you can because I think he's a, he's a great running back, especially in the passing game. And the passing game is what's going to matter in the Lions because the Lions are going to be down 21 nil in a fucking blink of an eye. So you want the guy that's a passing down guy at the fucking Lions. You don't want the rushing guy because they're going to be passing a fucking lot. And that's why like a guy like Terrell Williams or Hawkinson, like I mentioned, um, mm-hmm. are actually going to be pretty decent. Yeah. Well, I just picked up Higby, Tay, because you talked him up so much. So I just grabbed him. <laughs> That's him, mate. Just, I'm, I'm here to just help everyone. <laughs> I got rid of Tonya, uh, that Tonya guy. So if you want him, you can pick him up. The Packers tight end. <laughs> a, a lot of... Um, uh, Robert, Robert Tonya. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, fantasy um, movements happening throughout this podcast. Quinny's been making moves left, right, and center. <laughs> hey, that's, what we do. that's what I do, man. <laughs> he's changed his lineup. He's picked up Higby. He's, I can, he's probably I can offered four different you, trades. If, yeah. if I didn't go high on tight end, which I've done a lot in my drafts this year, I just think the top three uh, are in a clear echelon themselves. Um, if I hadn't done that, I would have... I would have there would, there's no way Higby would be there. Like I would have taken yeah. him for sure as my tight end. I just in this league particular just decided that I was going to go high and tight end and that's just yeah. how it worked out. That's I what I did, yeah. I got the wall of baller, so I was happy with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's someone who I would have on my list. It would be wall of baller, but I won't I won't stick with um that player for, for argument's sake because, you know, you've got him, Quinny, and I'll stick with a player who's on my team who I am super high on and I was so happy to get him. And I probably would have mentioned him even if I didn't get him. And this is someone who I think everyone thinks is going to have a decent year, but I think he's going to have uh, a a very, very good year and could potentially end up being in that sort of top one to five um, wide receivers at the end of the season. And that's Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. I don't even know if that's his nickname. What is his nickname? I feel like... uh, That sounds pretty good. Definitely Scary Terry. It's a scary um, Terry. Or I, brought, I brought that name, nickname up for him last year, and then I realized it was buddy Terry Rose. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's Terry Rose. <laughs> they, they, they called that, but uh, I'm more than happy to call him that. Let's just go with it. Let, 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 let's go with it. I feel like he does have another another nickname. But anyway, I also thought, Isn't it I, also thought, I, don't know. I also thought at the time he still played for the Celtics, then I realized he was at the Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, look, I've just Googled it, and yeah, scary Terry is. One of his nicknames. Also F1 and the captain. I'm not sure what the captain's... The captain. But but, uh, anyway, look, I think this guy is going to be a top wide receiver. I mean, he was was a a top 20 wide receiver last year. And look at his quarterbacks that he had last year. I mean, he had Haskins who... I don't even know. Is he even in the league anymore? He's a a backup at Pittsburgh. He's he's, he's an absolute (laughs) fucking piece of... Absolute piece of shit. There you go. I mean... (laughs) That's the worst... The worst quarterback in the league. I don't know how he has a job. I'm sorry, Dwayne, but you should be fucking, you know, <laughs> slinging burgers at Maccas. There's no way you should be like backing up Ben Roethlisberger. That's my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Look, he had him pitching the ball to him for a majority of last year. I think he had three different quarterbacks throughout the season due to injuries and, you know, releasing Haskins. And he ended up one of the top wide receivers um, season long. And look, who does he have? Behind centre now, throwing the ball to him. He's got Fitzmagic. You know, yeah, there's a loves nickname. Loves to throw I, it. Loves to sling a, it. There's a nickname I do know. Absolutely. Uh, and look, he loves to throw the ball. You know, Gibson is another player that I love from Washington. And, you know, we've talked about him a little bit. And Tay, you've got him, you know, his second year now. Had a pretty good rookie year last year, especially in fantasy. But I think McLaurin is going to have a, an awesome year. He's definitely their number one option. And I feel like he's going to have a good connection there with Fitzmagic. So I am all in on Scary Terry, F1, whatever we want to call him after this season. So he's he's someone who I think is just, uh, you know, someone who you might potentially offer me 10 trades for throughout the season, Tay. 
Oh, absolutely. Mate. Like there's probably 12 trades in your inbox right now. Just have a look. Yeah. Um, I've, I've talked about McLaurin a lot in other pods I've done. And I've got this weird thing this year that I think he's actually being drafted too high, but mm. it doesn't mean I don't love him. Like it's, it's the, he legitimately does have an opportunity to be the top five, like especially with Fitzmagic there. He, he could absolutely dominate. My only problem is that I don't understand why there's such a big gap between him and Curtis Samuel. I, I don't understand how Curtis Samuel goes from a worse situation in the Carolina and ends up wide receiver 27, then gets drafted as the wide receiver 47 when he goes to Fitch Magic. He's got the same upgraded quarterback that um, McLaurin does. So you can't tell me that he doesn't take a bit of what you think McLaurin's going to get. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm not, this isn't a takedown McLaurin take. It's more of an uplift on, on uh, Samuel. But McLaurin could be anything. I don't think he deserves to be wide receiver eight or nine like that he's getting drafted at. I think he has the potential to be higher, but he also has the potential to be what he was last year. That, mm. That's what I believe. Like he was, I think he, I had a water bet with Matty C that he'd be top 20 and he ended up exactly 20. And I, I, I get what you're saying with the whole quarterback situation. Like he, the guys he was fucking getting balls from last year was just deplorable. The only reason that JD McKissick was even fantasy relevant last year was because Alex Smith couldn't fucking pass it further than his own arm. Like he was dead set fucking just rolling it like a fucking softball pitcher. Like it was just disgusting. Like he had to just throw it to no one. And that's why I think Logan Thomas isn't going to be great this year because he was so relevant because he had to be. He was Mr. Fucking dependable because he had to be there. So I think he slings it a lot to these guys. I think McLaurin has a lot of flashing games. Whether he's consistent enough to be top five, I would bet against it. But I agree with you that he could be anything. Well, I, I don't know what his ceiling is. I just think he has a lower floor than some of the guys up in that top 10. So um, just be wary. If you're, if you're taking McLaurin, there's no guarantee he's a dominant guy. But if he hits almost like a CD Lamb, then fucking watch out. Mm. I mean, CD Lamb's another player that everyone is high on this year. And that's another player that I almost threw out there because I feel like it's a bit of a hard knocks thing. I don't know if you guys have watched hard knocks, yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> he's getting a lot of love on hard knocks. There's like a highlight reel of him basically just, um, you know, catching everything left, right and center. It makes him look like Megatron. Like he just is just beasting um, everyone. So, uh, <laughs> so can I just say I've avoided CD in pretty much every single league I'm in. Like I took Alan Robinson over him because I normally try to go risk adverse with my wide receiver mm. one. And then I try to, if I have to wait for, you know, you know, a flyer at wide receiver two, that's what makes me feel better. The fact that I've got an Allen Robinson who I know is going to get 150, 160 targets. Yeah. Uh, but I just did a draft where it's all upside. Like you literally have to be in like the top echelon every single week in points. So I took CD Lamb as my wide receiver one because <laughs> he's the guy that could come out and score 30. In week one, and he is just like you said, Megatron. He isn't as big as Megatron, but he could yeah. be that guy that just dominates. And you don't, you just don't know. So it depends what league you're in. Do you need guys that are just going to fucking have a chance of scoring thirty, or do you want a guy that you know you can pair next to someone else mm. that can help you, and you only need to score ten or twelve? So it really depends on what your team makeup is um, when you pick these guys, and what the league structure is as well. Yeah, totally. And I mean, just quickly staying on CD Lamb, I guess my only concern would be there, is he even their number one wide receiver? You know, they've still got a Murray Cooper. Yeah, Murray Cooper's there still. Murray Cooper's been left. Macari's, Macari, Jesus Christ, I've got a shot today. Murray Cooper has been left for dead. And I don't understand why. Like, he is the one to me in Dallas, but he's being drafted, you know, pretty well behind City Lamb and I don't understand yeah. it. He is a great value in drafts. Like if you're seeing Amari Cooper there, snap him up because it doesn't make much sense to me. I think it, I think Dak coming off an injury he's going to look for his guys that he knows he can get production out of. So I think Amari Cooper is definitely a great value. I just thought I'd bring up City Lamb because I think City Lamb has the highest ceiling out of the two. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to go out and be the one, like the wide receiver one in the league. Like he's not yeah. going to beat Devontae Adams. Whereas if CeeDee Lamb hits, he could be. So yeah. who knows? I mean, they've still got Michael Gallup, who, you know, he's not, he's also not, a, good not a scrubber. Yeah. No! <laughs> Michael Gallup. 
I, mean, I love that day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't getting much out of that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I had to think about it for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Really? Uh, all right, look, I mean, we're, we're running along here, but, you know, we always do when we get Tay yeah, on, on the podcast. Uh, look, I've been throwing lots of things at you guys. Is there anything else we need to talk about on the pod before we, before we wrap it up and catch up mid-season? I'll leave it to you, SQ, for now. Oh, uh, Tay, I'll ask you this. We spoke about it briefly last week. What were your yep. thoughts on the Boomers? Yeah, so... And has Ben funny. Simmons got to play at the next Olympics? What do you think? Would you want him or not? So it was funny because, like, I didn't actually... Like, oh, I'll start again. Everyone went nuts because I didn't actually watch the third and fourth playoff. I still haven't watched the second of it. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense because it was Boomers versus Luka Doncic. So you'd think that would have been the perfect game. Um, But I don't know. I just felt like the Boomers... I'm going to sound like a real Southless here. Compared to, like, the absolute adulation everyone got for the bronze medal, I thought the Boomers had slightly higher expectations than bronze. I don't know. I... That's the way I took it. And when they were in that bronze medal game, I actually thought it meant more to Slovenia than it did to Australia. And so that's why I was so confused when there was such a huge celebration that Australia got it. I get that they've been the fucking three, four Olympics in a row and they kick in fourth and they can't get a medal. I understand that. But I felt like they had a team that could have at least got second. But yeah. I, everyone knows US were just the best. Like, Everyone went nuts yeah, that, that they lost up, to yeah. Nigeria and they lost to was it, they beat Spain, I think it was. They lost to someone else. France, um, yeah. Yeah, France. So, I don't know. I just wasn't so sure. It didn't make a lot of sense to me why everyone was so happy. And I don't know. I didn't even bother watching it. Like, it was a third and fourth playoff to me. Like, that didn't mean a lot to me personally. It meant a lot to those guys. I'm not trying to be on a podcast and say that it didn't should have mean a lot to Patty Mills and Joe Ingalls and stuff like that. Like that was great. They got a medal and they haven't had a medal in whatever or forever. Yeah, it's never. been a long yeah. time. So I don't know. I, I, I just wasn't that into it, to be honest. Like, I was into every single game until I real like I saw that they lost to USA. So I didn't I actually still haven't seen a second of it. I, I heard fucking Luca was just bitching the whole time, which he does when he plays for Dells, so it's no surprise there. Um, Luca just fucking carried that entire team. It was just full of misfits, basically. Like, he probably just found guys fucking homeless on the side of the road and just decided to make a fucking basketball team. Um, that's how good that bloke is. Like, he's just going to be better and better for Dallas. I'll bring up Dallas, even though you didn't even put him in the put them in the question. Um, look, I, I took more out of uh, Slovenia than I did Australia, but I think Australia got what they should have, if not lower. Well, that's mm. how I see it. Yeah. I, I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, but I thought they were at least the third best team in that comp, like at worst. So, yeah, I'm happy for them, but I think it could have been um, worse. Uh, what else did you question apart and, from... Yeah, so Ben, oh, ben Simmons, Simmons, is ben he going to play and where do you think he's going to get traded? I think he is. I think he's going to turn it around. I think he's just had an absolute just disgusting social media sort of presence where everyone just thinking doesn't work on his game. All it's going to take is Ben Simmons goes to a piece of shit side, like let's say Timberwolves, Houston, something like that. And he's going to dominate and he's going to turn them into like, I don't know, they're not going to be a playoff team. They're just going to, they're going to look better than they were last year. And everyone's going to go, why did everyone sleep on Ben Simmons? This is a joke. The guy's shooting 62% from the free throw line now. Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to take much for everyone's perception on Ben Simmons to change. The guy's a great ball distributor. I heard rumors that Dallas might have gone after him. I would be stoked at Dallas him because I actually think he would be the perfect distributor. He would take pressure off Luca. Luca wouldn't have to be the point guard. Again, you didn't ask about Dallas, but I'm going to give you Dallas. <laughs> I knew um, you were going to bring him up I, at some I, point. That's okay. Oh, it was an NBA I'll, question. It's fair. Yeah, I'll bring it back to Dallas anytime I can. Um, but I just don't understand the hatred for Ben Simmons. Like, the whole team sucked ass. Like, but Joel Embiid, you know, wasn't doing what he should have should have been doing. Like, you know, I don't know. No one was going to Doc Rivers for fucking the way he coached, were they? Like, True. I just Ben Simmons is getting, you know, too much, you know, hate. I, I think he's there in four years, honestly. I think things change. Um, 
you also don't know how much pressure he was under his own NBA team to not play the Olympics. I always wonder about that. Like, is there insurance issues? Like, is the team saying that if you go out there and get injured, we're only going to pay you 80% of your salary? No one knows what what's going on behind the scenes of these NBA players that stops them from going and playing Olympics. So I'm not ready to just, you know, bury Ben Simmons. I, I think he's there next, next Olympics, but that's just my point of view. Lovely. That's it. That's it for me. Yeah, perfect. Well, look, that, that brings us to the end of our, uh, our annual fantasy football podcast with our correspondent, Taylor Goodall. Look, Tay, thanks for joining us, as always. Thank you, Tay. No problems, lads. Like I said, I absolutely love your podcast and I love jumping on every year and let's hope my top two running backs don't get fucking destroyed in two weeks and I get some sort of uh, love from my draft and whatever trades I do, so... Um, I can't wait to touch base with you guys, you know, halfway through the year. And I can't wait for the NFL to se- uh, season to start this, this week. And Keen. yeah, thanks again for having me on. Oh, look, a, a pleasure as always. And yeah, we'll, we'll touch base with you mid season and see um, how we're all, all doing there. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure I'll have so many things to say about how <laughs> fucked over I've been. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe there's going to be so many trades to talk about that maybe oh, yeah. <laughs> you've offered or maybe Quiddy's offered now that after all that we've said. Yeah, I'm knows. picking up all these players. Yep, <laughs> right center. At least 17 trades, 35 waiver wire pickups and yeah. 54 decline trades because they were terrible <laughs> trades. I <laughs> oh, love it. All right, well, look, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, look, tell your mother, brother, your sister, your cousin, tell cousins, everyone about the Aunties, podcast. uncles, grandparents, great-grandparents, Where- whatever. We're on lockdown, so just just get a get amongst everyone. Just let everyone know. Like we're not out in pubs, we're not in clubs, but just throw it out in the social medias that this pod is the best. And you know, having Taylor on just makes it even that better. Exactly, and Taylor, yeah, I mean, you should you should plug yourself as well. You also you're you're on uh, the the Astro League uh, podcast um, quite regularly, Taylor Talk. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I've got my own segment, Taylor Talk, on uh, the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're a 16-team All-Australian league. And, uh, you know, we try to all get on there. It seems to be me a lot. Uh, <laughs> I seem to be able to find time to go have a chat. And, you know, I like having my points on players and stuff like that. But Matt, uh, Matty C, who runs the league, he, he puts a lot of time and effort into it. And, um, the fact that it was 16 of us, you know, there's a lot of trades because people are never really happy with their teams because there's a lot of holes in teams in the 16 mm-hmm. teams. So um, it, it's a great league and we put a lot of social media into it. And, you know, you go to the Instagram page, go to the Facebook page, there's a lot of stuff coming out. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun fought league. It, it's a, Astros used to be a, a, a football team in Canberra. I wasn't part of it, but I knew Matty C and Mark, um, is we're both mates of Matty C who used to play for them. So it's either basically players who used to play for the team or friends of the team. So it's sort of a tight-knit group and, you know, we really enjoy it. So it's a it's a fun fought league. And, yeah, give, give it a follow if you can. So Yeah, yeah and Quinny and I actually were on an episode. We were on it. Yes, yeah, we were. You know, last year we still need to re- return the favour and get Matty C on our podcast. So maybe we'll get him on mid-season and we can have um, – have everyone on and Tay, you can join us again uh, as yeah. we mentioned. So yeah. I like absolutely it. me and Maddie just had our first, like we, we seem to come across as like agreeing with each other on there. And we, the pod we just did today, we finally had a bit of a go at each other about a certain player. So um, <laughs> if you get him on, I'm sure we'd actually open it up a bit and just, just fire at each other. So that'd be great. <laughs> well, look out good. for that. Cause uh, yeah, we, we definitely make that happen. Uh, Sounds good boys. Thank you. No worries. That's it. We're out. Peace. Peace.